Welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch in the north woods of Wisconsin. We're a year-round Christian camp that provides a space for you to get away and enjoy some time apart from distractions. Exactly. And just do life together. You know, our whole uh, our whole purpose is to know Christ and to make him known. And for those of you who have heard about us, been here before, you know that we try to create a, a special place. And it's become a special place for a lot of people. And I think it's because... It takes away the, the needless distractions of our life and allows you just to enjoy God and enjoy others the exactly. way it was meant to be. So um, if you have any questions about that, I encourage you to head over to silvertranch.org or any of our partner ministries because we're not just a camp. We do a lot of other things. We have a one-year Bible college called Nicolay Bible Institute. We have a, also a secondary location called the Northwoods Retreat, which is a little bit smaller. So if you're looking for a place for, you know, maybe your life group or, or small group or, or whatever family. it is or family, you know, head over to northwoodsretreat.org and check that out. And we also um, try to help support uh, foster families in well as well. Um, and so we have a ministry called Foster Family Connect. Um, and so I encourage you to check that out if that's something that interests you. But one thing I love about um, recording the, these every every day that we do it, Dave, is, is just the opportunity to take things that I think we don't think about that just become part of our subconscious every day. That we, you know, Whether it's just things that go by in life, things that happen in our culture, and we just accept it without questioning it. But the thing I love is is having the time where we can actually be like, all right, what do we talk about today? Yep. And Dave, in the 500 episodes, however many episodes we've done now. In 558. Show, we've yet to be like, well, there's nothing to talk about. Right. You know, and that's the thing I appreciate. And I mean, oftentimes we run out of time talking. And and so I encourage you you as a listener, you know, open up dialogue. I mean, what, I mean obviously you're listening to this. So this is great. And it's kind of a dialogue. You know, you're listening to yep. us dialoguing. But... You know, I think it's fun um, even bouncing ideas off of you, Dave. I mean, I know we're doing this as a recording, but in a lot of ways it, it helps us understand um, not only, you know, the things that are that we're allowing uh, to influence the way that we think, but then it helps reinforce like, oh, man, the more I need to know Scripture so I can apply it to my life. Right. And, and that process never ends. No, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't end for you even though you've, you're years ahead of me. And that's, that's the cool thing about doing life together as yeah. believers is it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk of faith. There's still more that we can learn and, 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 and rub off on each other. And that's what I love about the premise of the show. Yeah. And you know, when I think about um, various topics, one of the things that always consumes me as a teacher is I can recognize a problem today where we're at. Yeah. I can solve that in several ways. I, I can just punish somebody and say, don't do that. That's not going to solve it. It's, right. it. it's going to just prolong it. The thing that really gets me is I need to look and say, how did we get here? Hmm. There's some behaviors that need correction. Right. But but what were the behaviors that got us here? That's a great way to look at it. And now I get to at least attack what actually matters. Yeah. It's kind of like I, I go to, you and I go to a same chiropractor and we'll go and and, and this particular chiropractor at least has told me he doesn't really like it when you take, uh, you know, pain relievers, that kind of thing. It's why, well, because they mask the problem and I need to help you solve the problem. Mm -hmm. In other words, you didn't, you didn't start with this pain. Yeah. Let's figure out where it came from and see if we can fix the problem instead of just saying, let's fix the symptom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So... What you see normally in any child's behavior, any child, 
is you see the symptom. So they, they, let's say your, your child uh, gets up in the morning. You keep wanting them to make the bed. They don't make the bed. They run out, run out the door. Okay. Well, you can, you can fix the, the problem, the symptom. You can treat it. You can go make the bed yourself. Now, bed is made if that's the issue. But there's a bigger issue there that you need to look at. Mm-hmm. How do you get them to think in the whole and about somebody else? And how do you get them to plan their day so that they finish something before they go on to something else? Yeah. You know, how do you do that? And now you begin to actually become a teacher in your mind because you're, you're trying to figure out what do I need to do differently to help them learn something. Yeah. And I think that for me as an older guy, I keep looking at it going, you know, how do I help this younger generation learn that they have to finish something before they go on to something else? Mm-hmm. If, if it's possible, some things are long-term projects. You know, yeah, I, I understand I, that. Yeah, this morning I actually had something popped in my mind that kind of goes along with that. So my oldest son is 10, and, you know, we have the routine before school. You know, they eat breakfast, all that. And so after breakfast, you know, I'm like, all right, can you go brush your teeth? Well, why do we need to brush my teeth? I brushed it last night. Right. You know. And, and up until this point, it's like you just tell them to do it. It's like because you need to. And so finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you don't have to. You don't have to brush your teeth at all. But at some point, when your teeth start hurting, you know, because right now you have your adult teeth, your bigger teeth, so you're not going to lose these ones anymore. So when your teeth start hurting and, and they're starting to rot, then you're going to want to tell me. And I don't want to get to the point where I'd say, well, this is what happened. And so... If you want to brush your teeth right now or if you don't, that's your choice. But know that's where it's going to go if you don't. Okay, I'll go brush my teeth. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) You gave the consequence, unfortunately. You know, it's just like I'm not going to force you. Right. But here's the result. I'm going to help you see the result, you know. And I think that, you know, he's seen that with some of it, you know, because with baby teeth, you lose them. You know, and some kids, you know, it's just the way baby teeth are. You know, they, they don't brush them good enough. And so they do get some of the cavities, and so sometimes they experience it. And I think there was enough reference there now at his stage of life where it's like, okay, I've been there. Now I understand why. Okay, I'll do it. Now, you know what? If you ever, if, if he's ever around and we're sitting talking, shift me over to my last filling. And yeah. I will tell you about how terrible it was Yeah. in his presence. It, it was terrible. I yeah. mean, three weeks later, it's four weeks later now, and I'm still having trouble opening my mouth and eating. Oof. Because of, uh, you know, th- three shots of Novocaine, and he brings the needle right in front of my eyes and puts it, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, help me. Oh, yeah. And and then there's a grinding and a smoke coming out of my mouth and the whole works. I'm going, you know, I want to brush my teeth more. Right. Like, I'm not yelling at the dentist. I'm thinking, how did I miss that? You right. Know? You know, and, and oftentimes, you know, I mean, I, I'm glad we're using something simple like brushing teeth. But oftentimes that happens in life, too, where it's like, well, how did I get here? Yeah. You know, and then it's like, then you have the motivation. But oftentimes the Christian life, we have all the information in front of us to be like, all right, here's what you need to do. Oftentimes we don't do it yeah. until it's slapping us across the face or hurting us in our mouth, you know, whatever it is. Well, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the younger generation today, especially and my generation can suffer from it, too, but is an ADD generation. They, they basically have this attention deficit disorder that's off the charts. You think about it. If, if I'm reading, like I do everything on my iPad. Yeah. So I study, I read, I answer emails, I do everything on my iPad. So the problem is my iPad keeps throwing things at me. Like you got an email, you got this, you got that, you got that. I know you can turn those off and on and 
you got to be Mr. Wizard to do all that. But, uh, you know, I, so as I look at that, I go, no wonder it's so easy to be distracted. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, here I am trying to concentrate on a Bible study, trying to concentrate on doing something on radio. And, and somebody's selling a, uh, a plow for my gator that I'm interested in. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I guess I'm done with the studying for now. I got to go look at this plow. Yeah. And before you know it, I'm in the car going to look at a plow. Yeah. I'm thinking, I never did finish getting ready for that radio program or message, but yep. I, I'll get a plow. On the way to get the plow, I get this call about a sale at Kohl's. Forget it. I'm going to Kohl's. <laughs> now, I don't get the plow, and I'm on my way to Kohl's. You know, and, and, and while I'm on my way to Kohl's, you get the point. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and before you know it, I'm thinking, what did I accomplish today other than wasting a lot of gas? And I really, you know, knowing that, I'm going to bring it home. My wife will bring it back to Coles and return it. Yeah. And and so I ended up the day without a plow, without my message done, and whatever I bought at Coles got returned. Right. I didn't have a very good day. Mm-hmm. And and that's from just being distracted. Right. I mean, they, when I look at your generation on down, you guys grew up with this. Yeah. There is constant, constant distraction. Um, one of the most valuable things I do in the morning is sit. I, uh, I put out a, um, a little blog that's a thought for the day thing. And, um, and that's really all I'll do. Then I'll go over and I'll think. Yeah. And for an hour, I'll just sit there, stare at a fire in a, in a fireplace or wood stove of the Bible in front of me. And I'll be thinking that's the most valuable time of my day. Mm hmm. Now, if there can be all kinds of distractions. Uh, in fact, there was a time where all of a sudden, well, maybe I'll check this news before I do it. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do this. Why, it's so easy. It's just a click. And it's always there. Yeah. So do you see this invading the whole of young people? I mean. Uh, I think it's invaded everything, not just young people. You know, I think I think we've it's it's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Like it's almost like how did we get here? And and now you're starting to look around. It's like all right, something's got to something's got to change because we're so distracted by by especially screens. You know, I, I I encourage you if you're listening, just take a day and observe, observe how many people around you pick up their phone or are on their phone or are doing something with a screen in their hands. And and not only just observe that, but then observe how much it's taking away from the situations and their surroundings and the people that they're around. Mm. And I think it'll blow your mind. You know, and that's something that we even assessed here at, at Silverge this past summer, you know, and 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 now we're we're at a point where it's like, you know what, we need to to change that. Yep. You know, we need to provide a space where people can be distraction free, be with each other and be with God. Why? Because it's it's almost like a drug. You take it away and nobody knows how to do it anymore. Right. And that's where that as a culture, that's where we've gotten. If I were to go to any high schooler and take away their screens, whatever it is, whether it's a tablet or phone for a week. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. And and as a culture, are we okay with that? And then as believers, are we okay with that? Yeah, not only that, there, 
there's a lot of people who will defend things, say there's so much good that you can get from it. For for example, right. it's, it's good for me as a parent to know my child needs a ride home from wherever. Okay, fine. But but what you what you forget is that when you mix good and bad, right, the bad wins. Yeah. Just remember that always. You might say, oh no, no, it does. I mean, let me give you an example. You go out there and take a fresh glass of water and go just put a a, a half a teaspoon of horse manure in it. Yeah. Mix it up and drink it down. Mm-hmm. You're not going to. Why? Because it's gross and it it, it messes the whole system. It doesn't just mess. The parts it touches, it messes the whole system. Whenever there's evil involved, mixed in with good, right, everything gets destroyed. It doesn't get better, right? Because ultimately, if it was, you know, say, say if we were doing it for the good, say, well, I just want to stay in touch with my son or my kids. Well, I'll get a flip phone, right? Well, I can, well, if if that's all you're concerned about is staying in touch, you don't need all the technology. And I think that's where we allow what we perceive as the good aspects of it to justify everything else. And you'll be like, well, now you're getting legalistic. It's like, well, like I said earlier, and th- I might be pushing some buttons, but just sit back and observe. Yeah. You know, whether you're sitting at the dinner table and everybody's on their phone. If, you, if you're one that goes out to eat, I encourage you to go out to eat and observe. Everybody's always on their phones. Everybody's always looking at screens. And I would say it's not a good thing. You know, and it plays into that what you were talking about at the start of the episode is it's created where we can't focus anymore. We get so distracted. I mean, even when we're having a conversation, oftentimes the phone is right next to us. And so we're trying to listen to the person. They're trying to tell us. And even that, at that, they're wondering, well, is he, is he actually listening? As you said that, my phone went off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know? funny. And that's the thing is like, are they actually listening to me or are they focusing on whatever that's beeping and buzzing and doing right. over there? You know, and here's the funny it. thing. I have it turned off, but but it lit up. Yeah. And and immediately while you were talking, it lit up. I go, I wonder what that is. See, <laughs> right. And that's and that's exactly what we're talking about. Is there's so many distractions, and that's for us, Dave, who are aware of it. And you think of these like our younger people, you know. And I even look at at schools, and it, and it's even permeating the way that our education system is founded on, you know. And I see it in in the way that young people even, you know, try to focus on things. There's no follow through anymore. Right. You know, so often I see people start something and not finish it. Why? Because there's something else that comes up. It's like, oh, squirrel, you know, like just like the example you said, oh, I'm going to look at, you know, and right now I'm talking to him like, is he looking at his phone or is he? (laughs) I was actually. (laughs) It lit up again. (laughs) And so it's a prime example, you know, because even as we're recording this this thing, you know, I have an iPad in front of me. You have an iPad in front of me. My phone's on the table. And, And even in this discussion, we're still penetrated by distractions. Right. And so it, it, it begs the question, at what point then, as believers, or even just as everyday people, do we say, man, I need to put into a practice some control? Right. You know, I mean, it's just like brushing teeth. You know, if you don't do it, it's bad. So if we know that screen time can be bad, what do we need to do to make sure it doesn't get bad? And right. where's the line? Yeah. And nobody's talking about that. Yep. But there's a lot of things that happen that, that basically are delayed. Yeah. For example, you know, you can eat real crummy food. Oh, yeah. You, you can get away with it once in a while. Right. But if you keep eating, you, you could eat, so I could go eat one day. I can have, you know, banana split, hot chocolate, do whatever I want. Yeah. And go, I didn't gain weight. I'm feeling pretty good. 
on and on, whatever it might be. And I think, you know, this generation is so into immediate responses mm-hmm. yeah. that if I eat something and I don't see it dangerous right now, if I eat, I don't see the reason I need to brush my teeth right now. Yeah. Well, I have no consequence right now. Right. What you did in your discussion with your son is show him, here's what a responsible person does, and I'm making you aware of the consequences that will come, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to do more of that. Sometimes we feel like, you know, in the summer, uh, and you know I get frustrated with, with certain things because we, we will have young people do a project, and now I know they're not going to finish it. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll go where they were and finish it. Mm-hmm. And it's a frustration of mine, but I don't, you know, I, I have to think more about how we correct it. For example, someone might say, let's, let's get, uh, and you do this, you have a big night there in the field. The tendency of your group is to leave. Oh, yeah. And you have to tell them, we need to get this cleaned up. Right. Before you leave. Yeah, but we should be on to the next thing. We're not on to the next thing until, until this, this one is finished. Done. Yep. Now, this isn't a, a new problem. If you walk into my office, you'll see an embroidered sign that says, finish it. Hmm. It's the sign, actually, my dad fell dead right under it on, in his heart attack, yeah. which is kind of interesting because he had it set at his desk at Emmanuel Bible Church uh, so that it was over his door, and when he sat at his desk, he saw it. Yeah. And he used to tell me all the time, it's so easy to start things. The real challenge is to finish them. Yeah. And it's interesting how that's gotten ingrained in my brain from the time I was young. Yeah. And even to this day, to finish, to finish, to finish is important. Because starting, you've been around me. I'm, uh, my dad and my, myself, my brother, we, we love innovating mm-hmm. things. We yeah. love starting things, doing things. Just get it started. Well, the key is finishing right. somehow. And finishing your life well, finishing before God well. And it has been amazing. I'll, I'll see what my kids do. They'll probably fight over that little embroidery one day when I'm not here anymore uh, because they both mention it, yeah. you know, that that's something. So that's grandpa saying finish it. Now, they understand that I think it's important you finish it. I want them to finish it and to finish their lives strong and not to get distracted during life. Right. You know, it, the truth is uh, one day my wife or myself most likely – will die. One of us will die before the other. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure on that day we finished our marriage well. You know, I mean, that that's important, that we finish this life well, that we stand before God with, with no regrets. So you keep that in front of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you got to finish it. And what I see in the younger generation today is they don't understand finishing anything. No. And so it's like, we got to keep, hey, by the way, that you just, you just, you put that stuff away now that you just used. Yeah, but I'm on to this. I'm very busy. Mm-hmm. I get it. But who's going to put this away? We have to have somebody who's just employed to finish what you don't finish. Yeah. When you could finish, you know, I did an experiment. Now, I, I, I really don't like some chores at home. Mm-hmm. Emptying the dishwasher is one of them <laughs> that I don't like. Not sure why. Um, I don't like putting dishes away in general. Okay. You know, I, I hate messes, though, so I, I have this dilemma. Yeah. Uh, so normally what happens is my wife will stack up some pans she was cooking, and she just lets them dry, and that, that's fine. 
And then the dishwasher, you know, will hit the button and go to bed or something or get up in the morning and hit it. And the dishwasher's all clean and all that stuff. And I get up in the morning. I want to go sit and read and sit by my fire. And I'm, I'm looking at this dishwasher going, it's time to empty it. Mm-hmm. Now, technically, I didn't finish from the night before that yet. Yeah. And I'm thinking, who else is around here that can finish this? <laughs> <laughs> There's only one other person. Yeah. And yep. I'm thinking, okay, am I a servant or am I not? So one day I timed it uh-huh. just to see how long. So I, I put something in the microwave. Well, I was cooking it anyway, and, and it's in there for two minutes. And I emptied the dishwasher, and I beat the microwave. It was, it was less than two minutes. Yeah, yeah. And from that day on, I laugh at myself. It's right. like, really, it takes less than two minutes to empty a stupid dishwasher. All the cabinets are there. You just take it out, put it in, you're done. Mm-hmm. How can this bother you in the in the slightest? You just didn't finish it, so now you're going, uh, poor me. I gotta fin- I gotta put the dishes away. I'm a slave boy, you know. Yeah, you are a servant, so put the dishes away. Right. Um, and really, almost any cleaning task I've seen, it, you know, apart from some of the major tragedies in life, you know, most of them are. I'll take you five minutes. Mm-hmm. So when you say, oh, I just don't have the time, have you thought about it really? Right. Oh yeah. Finish the job, whatever it is. Um, you know, make your bed. I tell kids all the time, what What can I do to help me get this? Make your bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. They just look at me like I got a problem. Yeah. Is that really that hard? Mm-hmm. Just stop. Look back on your room. Um, not only that, I, when you're in a room and, and you're leaving the room, is anybody going to come in there after you? Mm-hmm. So how do you show them that you value them? Leave it better than you found it. Exactly. Right. Yep. Well, that's part of the solution that we need to keep working at. Absolutely. I don't care what generation. I had that in my generation. It's in your generation. It's just, I think it's on steroids now with electronics. Oh, absolutely. And I think it, and, and you even hinted at this, you know, even when at the start of that, without even realizing it, you know, you're talking about prepping for something and then all of a sudden you get this notification for a plow. That's the problem that's, that's facing us as believers when it comes to our relationship with God. Because one of the hardest things that was hard for your generation before electronics was opening up the Bible and having devotions. Right. And that's still one of the hardest things. And it only gets harder because now there's even more distractions. I mean, I think of young people, and it's, 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 it's like the problem. I mean, the problems really don't change, you know. The same thing that we're talking about now even at camp is how do we help students develop a daily time where they get to know God? Exactly. You know, and I would say, you know, even as listeners, how many of you out there have a consistent daily time that you spend with God that's distraction free? Right. And that's that's the amazing thing is that we just allow it and we say, well, I don't have time. Well, that's how we pacify the situation, I think, yeah. rather than changing the distractions. I mean, imagine if all of us were to take even just five minutes out of the day, distraction-free, where we actually maybe put our phone and screens in a separate room, sat in an empty room, and just sat there to be with God, right. with, with our Bible, whether it's pr- whatever it is, for five minutes. Imagine how that would drastically change things. Yep. You know, and that's, that's where I think it's a, a, so important that we at least question where we've where we've come 
you know, and wake up and be like, man, okay, maybe we've gone too far with these, with this, and I need to retrain myself. And I use the word retrain intentionally because training takes effort and intentionality, and it doesn't always feel good. Yep. You know? And you're like, well, well, Jason, how can you say that, you know, reading your Bible doesn't feel good? Well, because you are going to go through a withdrawal process because your phone is like a drug. And so when you take it away, you're going to be distracted right away just by the mere fact that it's not by you. Yep. And that's going to impact your time with God. Yep. But you need to push through and say, all right, I'm going to give to God. You know, I, I need to be consistent at this until you form the habit again, until you break the habit of distraction and form the habit of focus. And, and, you know, think about it. One day you'll stand before God and he's going to say, you know, your phone was far more important than I was to you. Yeah. It'd be like somebody in your life that you want a relationship with coming to you saying, I'd love to have a relationship with you, but you love your phone more than me. Right. And and you might be sitting there going, no, I don't. I use it for, go ahead, fill it with excuses. I know this year I even made the drastic decision for me because as, as an older guy, you know, I don't want to make decisions with a knee jerk saying this generation has this problem so i don't want you to touch a phone you know i mean right. I, I don't want to do that i realize phones are necessary and all kinds oh of right stuff. right yeah however in class no phones no electronics no computers i want them to turn their smart watches off yeah for for my class i made that decision this last fall and it's been good yeah you know, in, in the process, it's like, let's just have a class without that stuff. Yeah. I don't need you looking up anything during class. You can look it up later if you need to. And I've asked parents, please don't call your kid right after class. Yeah. Don't do it. Let them think and ponder. It used to be where you, you got challenged, so you went and thought about it. Now it's immediately pull out the phone and check. Mm-hmm. Now you just lost everything that was in the class. Right, right. I, I don't know that I've gotten them to understand that yet. Yeah. You know, and I would inca- and, and challenge people to enjoy the moment, not the memory. You know, and I think we've gotten so, so accustomed to enjoying the memory of things. Right. You know, we're looking at pictures. We're looking at videos that were taken. That's what we fill our life with. Yeah. Rather than just putting it down and enjoying the moment. Yep. You know. Well, I had a person where they had their, their phone out. It was a couple of years ago. And um, and we were doing something. He said, wait, i got to get a picture. I said, you don't need a picture. And they looked at me like, yes, I do. And they, they said, how will anyone know what I did today without this picture? And I thought, what did you say? Right. You mean people have to know what you did today and you have that's to take crazy. a picture of it? That's crazy. Yes, Dave, that's how we do it today. I'm thinking, all right, I don't get it. I, I do a lot of things every day and I don't have a picture of it. Yeah. And I actually did them. Right. You enjoyed the moment. Not only that, with AI, you can make up anything. Oh, that's take, take whatever picture you want. Yeah, you can put yourself in the middle of the California Zoo. That's right. That's a whole other discussion for another day. Yeah, I guess day. so. We don't want to open that can of no. worms. We're getting close to the end here. But, yeah. you know, I think, I think if we were to have honest discussions, even with ourselves or even with our families, I think we would all agree that, that we are distraction-filled in our lifestyle. And so just start small. Because, like I said, it's to the point where I'd say all of us have an addiction to distraction. And so start with something small and say, all right, I'm going to have a goal to try to change one thing. You know, because there, there was a profound thing that, that kind of hit me in the fall. And I think it was you that, that said this, Dave, is that you can't have growth if something doesn't change. Right. Absolutely. 
And a lot of us want to grow in our walk with God, but we, we don't have the time to change. And unfortunately, we're out of time. So we'll have to continue this on another episode. We but shall. hopefully I, I whet the appetite there to get you to think. And I encourage you to, to re-listen to this episode if you need to. And just think about where you're at in your walk with God and what's distracting you. But for now, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.